Hi, Sonny Fox here. Welcome to this week's FoxCast. And a very special show it is, too. A classic interview with the late David Brenner, who just passed away last week. David made more appearances on The Tonight Show than any other stand-up comic. More appearances on Mike Douglas than any other stand-up comic. He hosted The Tonight Show 48 times with Johnny was on vacation. And he's just a wonderful, wonderful talent. And tonight we're going to go back and remember the late, great David Brenner. We started out the conversation by me making a confession to David. I hate to admit watching yeah. you on Carson so many times because it makes you feel like an old fuck. Well, and you know something? <laughs> imagine if it makes you feel like an old fuck and I'm the one doing it. So you can imagine it's a, I'm an old double fuck. Yeah, Thank you very fuck. much. Now, uh, let me ask you something. Have yeah. you had any videotapes <laughs> of you in black and white? Well, you know, if you go on uh, YouTube or you go on, if you go on to my site, which is David Brenner's site, S-I-T-E dot com, right. I've been pulling off onto a playlist on my site from, from YouTube, and I got about 150 or 60 clips of me, and one of them is my first appearance on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson in black and white. Nice. <laughs> and, it, you know, and I purposely, I'm wearing a black suit and white shirt because it didn't make any sense to put color into it. Yeah, right. But it's my very, very first time on television. Yeah, I was right watching there. some old clips of you for, to, in preparation. Yeah. And uh, you're on the Carson show. You're going, ah, there's traffic in L.A. It's bumper to bumper, but it's all going 90 miles an hour. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was an old joke of mine. Yeah, right, right. I love you. Uh, did you ever do Sullivan? Yeah, oh, you know, that's a great question. No one ever asked me that, and I'm going to tell you. I did... The last live at Sullivan show. I was the last comedian. No, wait a minute. You appear. mean the last live show or the last no, time Ed no. was alive? No, <laughs> la- not the last time. Wait, not the last time he was alive. But I did it when when they had other shows taped. But this was the last one that Ed did, and and he did it live. It went out live on the air because after that, you know, he had some problems. You right. know, he was making necklaces out of fish heads and things like that. <laughs> he had some problems, and it went off the air. So the, on the show was George Carlin was uh, on earlier. Sid Caesar was on earlier. Oh I, I went on later. I'm the last comedian to appear on Ed Sullivan. Now, here's the interesting part of the story. Okay. 23 years later, I, so I walk off. They close the theater down. It, they close it down. The Ed Sullivan, they did a couple of things in the Ed Sullivan theater closed. 23 years later, David Letterman has his show coming on CBS from right. the Ed Sullivan Theater. Right. He calls me up. He says, look, you know, just I just want to relax. I'm a little nervous. with You know, it's the first time here in the theater. He said, would you come over and do the show? I said, yeah, sure. So I go over to Sullivan Theater, and I'm waiting backstage, and the stage, the stage director says to me, he says, uh, David, you, you did the last live Ed Sullivan show, right? I said, yeah. And then it dawns on me. 23 years after doing the live Ed Sullivan show, the last comedian on it, I am walking out. I didn't know this was Letterman's first show. I knew it was one of the early ones, right. and there I am 23 years later walking back out on that same stage <laughs> to be the first comedian to do at Sullivan Theater. Wow. Isn't that a weird coincidence? No, that's not weird. That's uh, extraordinary, actually. Yeah, <laughs> actually. What actually is that I was still doing comedy after 23 years. Now it's 40. Don't no, repeat it. What's <laughs> extraordinary is you, we're doing the same jokes. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I did the same jokes. Well, every 23 years, I repeat my jokes. <laughs> you yeah, recycle so, them, right? Yeah, I recycle them. So now, you know, I'm going to recycle them in, in, uh, in six, uh, let's see, six years at 46. And then I'll recycle it again at uh, 69 years. 
Oh, do I love Victoria's Secret. Oh, do I love that catalog. The most beautiful women in the world with that sexy lingerie and the beautiful settings, you know, on the end of a sailboat, you know, under a waterfall. Oh, do you ever see men's ads for underwear? I don't know about other men, but I like to get together with three or four of my buddies, you know, all of us in our jockey shorts, go outside and point at something. <laughs> or else they, they're looking at their watches. <laughs> well, time to put on my pants. So stupid. And you know what else is stupid? You ever see this ad for the smallest hearing aid in the world? It's undetectable. I don't get it. You ever see an old guy who has a bush of hair hanging out of his ear? He's going to care about a little piece of plastic in it? Hey, Bob, what's that piece of plastic in your bush? No, right next to the tree, there's some plastic hanging in your bush. And then I saw they had hearing aids for dogs. And they, you know, oh, you know what else they had? Did you see this ad for a nose warmer for dogs? How do you get a dog to wear it? Unless it's in the shape of another dog's ass. Then I saw this thing in a store. I took my dog in a pet store, get it a bone, you know? And it had this, like, powder. And I'd pick it up. It had to put on the food of your dog for shy dogs. What dog is shy? I mean, any animal could sit around in public licking its balls. How shy could it be? I mean, if you had a friend who did that, would you think he's shy? No, no, don't say anything. He's very shy. Don't say anything. When he gets done, I'll introduce you. Don't say anything. He's very shy. Look at him. He's very shy. And I'll tell, you something about, I'll tell you something about dogs. Did you know University of Pittsburgh did a study? And they found out in their study that over 450,000 Americans were bitten by household pet dogs. We had the most neurotic, vicious, violent dog. How about that one man? You hear about this? The dog went after him and bit off his privates. When I read that, I finally understood that stupid book they made us read in school as kids. See Spot Chase Dick. <laughs> See Dick run! Run, Dick! Run! Well, I guess you won't read that to your children anymore. Oh, I saw something so funny in USA Today. You know one of their pie, pie charts they have? They had in the question was to parents. Do you read to your children? Then they cut up the pie. And like 43% of parents said every night they read to their children, 33% said often, and 19% said seldom, 9% said never, and 3% said they didn't know. <laughs> I always read to my kids. I, read, I have three sons. I have three sons. I have a son, Cole, just turned 18 on uh, Thursday, and then I have a son, uh, uh, Slade, who's four and a half, and my, my son, Wyatt, is one and a half. And of course, the older boy, he's getting out of high school soon, and the younger one's in... Uh, He's in preschool, uh, the, the four and a half. And, and what the hell is preschool? $12,000 a year. And every week he brings home a different colorful piece of crap. And I got to do my best acting job. Wow. This is beautiful. How did you know daddy needed this? Meanwhile, I'm thinking, what the fuck is this? It ain't worth $12,000. Boy, kids are so expensive and what problems they cause. And everybody says, yeah, but when you come home and your little boy runs up and says, hi, daddy, makes it all worthwhile. Well, it's nice. <laughs> I'll tell you what it makes it all worthwhile. When you step out of the shower and your little boy goes, wow, daddy, you have such a big penis. <laughs> I want another kid every week, every week. 
That's men, though, right? Men and their egos. They always brag, and they got to give other men problems. Like, when you get done going to the bathroom, you shake it? Yeah, I step on it. <laughs> well, look at this product they have now for men, because they've always had products for women, you know, with the size thing. Look, look, they have this bus cream. You put it on, right, and it makes your breast bigger. It doesn't work. It makes a man's hand smaller. <laughs> and did you see that? Did you see that survey they did? They asked men, what's the first thing that attracts you to a woman physically? What, what turns you on physically, the first thing? And 78% of men said, their eyes. Eyes. <laughs> so how come we don't have a chain of restaurants called pupils? We're talking to David Brenner this time around. David, I've been right. watching since I was a kid. Boy, I'm so old, that's really uh, an insult, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You imagine what I am. Yeah. <laughs> now, you're from Philadelphia. So uh, I got to yeah. ask uh-huh. you, I, haven't, I lived in Philly uh, for several years. Here's the question. Yeah. Cheesesteaks. Cheesesteaks. Jim's, Pat's, or Gino's? Or Gino's. That's the, yo, see, you're a, real, you're a real expert because usually people leave out Jim's. Oh, no. Okay. I, I, my favorite is Jim's because it's like the greasy meat, a cheese whiz. You know, it's a really Yeah, the, but, you know, it should be provolone. It should be melted. Nah, and, and I'll tell you why I'm not. I am at, at Pat's because I've been going there all my life. Now, you know, Gino's is catty corner across the street. Sure. If I tried to cross that street to get a, a Gino's, a cheesesteak, I'd never make it to the pavement. <laughs> you understand? So I'm telling you, it's going to be Pat's, Pat's, Pat's. Just to save my ass, it's Pat's. <laughs> okay, it's Pat's. Yeah, right. uh, Philly's a great town. Oh, um, it's great. We're it's talking great, about yeah. uh, Fishtown, by the way, down with these little... Didn't you do a famous routine about going... The routine you did about going up to the window and they made you go back to the next window and order and go Oh, to that window. was in L.A., yeah, that's stupid. Oh, is it? Oh, well, because oh, it reminds me of a little of uh, Pat's and Gino's because well, they, they had yeah, that little... Yeah. Uh, it was like a diner kind of thing. You went from one window to another. Did you hear what Gino did, though? What? Gino, uh, he wouldn't... He Someone came out to order a cheesesteak sandwich and he ordered it in Spanish. And, you know, and Gino said, you can't order a sandwich if you don't speak English. He said, what? He says, you can't order a sandwich if you don't speak English. Go learn how to order a sandwich in English and then come back. <laughs> so then they, they started protesting. So he put a big sign up. If you can't order in English, you're not going to get a sandwich. So they sued him. You know about this? No. And he said, hey, my father came from Sicily. He was so proud to be an American he didn't know one word of English. He ended up studying and practicing, and he spoke English with the with the accent, but he spoke English. If an old man like that from Sicily can learn, these people can learn. And he went to the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, and guess what? He won. Wow. Can you believe that? Amazing. And and, and today he still has that sign. Now well, I have to see if come, I have to what? No, how come a guy has been uh, that successful? And is a history, uh, is hit part of Philadelphia history, still operates out of a little shithole thing right. down there in Fishtown. I mean, well, does he think he'd have a big restaurant by now? Well, no, you know, hey, look, look at the people who have the 9th Street Market. Yeah, you know, right, this too. is falling apart, the Italian market. So they wanted, it's falling apart. So they came in, the city was going to give them all free stalls in the street. Uh-huh. They rioted because of that. <laughs> you know, but, Philadelphians like tradition. You know, I, I was raised in a strange way. My mother told me when I was a kid, and these were her exact words, she said, David, you are a citizen of the universe. My mother did not believe in countries, states, anything that separates people from each other. So I grew up thinking, what's the difference where you're born and raised? It's an accident anyway. You know, one of your ancestors went there by accident. What's the difference where you're from? I thought everybody was like this. 
I know. I was born and raised in, in, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's a, that's a... <laughs> See? You're cheering and applauding because you're proud. It was an accident. I'll tell you the truth. If my father had another $4 for gasoline, I'd be from Jersey. And did you see, did you see in USA Today they, that Philadelphia has been elected the fattest city in America? Yeah, did you see that? 29% of the people living there are obese. And the people in Philadelphia are really angry about that survey. In protest, they're going to form a one million pound march on Washington. <laughs> well, how about that one woman that got arrested, 350 pound woman. She got arrested for mooning the customers eating in a Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> They didn't do anything for like 10 minutes. They thought the sign fell down. <laughs> I have a friend I grew up with in Philadelphia. He's real heavy. He's like a 400 pounder, but he's doing something about it. He's taking this pill. You know, they got a pill for everything today, right? Do you know they have a pill to stop you from gambling? What are the odds? <laughs> but there's this pill, Orla State, and I've been worried about it. I was worried because one of the side effects, it produces loose, oily bowels. <laughs> So I was worried, so I went on the internet, you know, one of the health.com, because you can find everything on the internet. Do you know there's a website for stuttering? No, I'm serious, it's www.stutter.com. So I was worried about him, you know, it's producing, he's walking around, loose, oily bowels. And I looked it up, and it was so interesting to me. Did you know that Orla State is Latin for Denny's Grand Slam breakfast? <laughs> so interesting. So anyway, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, so I'm from Philadelphia, right? Okay, now, I didn't think anybody cared where they were from until I went into the Army. When I was 17 years old, I was drafted in the Army. And of course I was drafted. No, a Jew's gonna join something like that. <laughs> Actually, they can't get anyone to join now, right? They, they said the main reason is because the Army's so stressful. What the hell's so stressful? You know, you wake up in the morning, well, what should I wear? Green. <laughs> They can't get guys to join the army. So did you see what they did? They have lowered the standard. You no longer have to be a high school graduate to go in the army. Great. So what's the new slogan going to be? Join the army with the goodest? <laughs> I mean, really, are you going to sleep at night knowing that the kid who has his finger on the nuclear button's only there because 7-Eleven wasn't hiring? <laughs> oh, I love 7-Eleven's announcement. They're going to start selling wine. I think that's great. Because just the other night when I was in a 7-Eleven, you know, waiting for my burrito to come out of the microwave, <laughs> I was thinking, should I get a, a, a Bordeaux with that? Or... <laughs> so anyway, so I'm in the Army, right? I'm in the Army. The first day I'm in the Army, I'm in the barracks, and this kid from New York, I didn't know him, we later on became friends, he yells at me across the back. So all the guys sitting there yells, Yo, Brennan, where are you from? I said, oh, I'm, from, I'm from Philadelphia. Oh, Benjamin Franklin, right? Hey, here's your kite over here. Here, hang a key on this. Well, what the hell? He's like a demento thing with him. And he did it to everyone. Where are you from? Georgia? I got your peach. Here's your peach. And everyone was like fighting and arguing over which state they were from and what state was better than the other. I thought it was so stupid. I still think it's stupid. And the worst display of this state pride takes place at the political conventions. When they caucus, they decide who they're going to nominate, and the head delegate gets up, 
But before he tells you who they pick, he spends 25 minutes bragging about the wonderment of his state. He gets a, the wonderful, splendiferous state of Louisiana, famous for the manufacturing of pillowcases. Also first in the nation in the consumption of cashew nuts. I'm always hoping some delegate from New York will jump up and go, hey, here's your cashews over here. I got your cashews. And they, I'll tell you, they never tell the truth either. You know, also first in syphilis and gonorrhea. David Brenner's in the studio with me. I'm Sonny Fox. You know, speaking of Fishtown and down yeah. that area, did it ever bother you when you watched Rocky that uh, Sylvester Stallone with the people following him Went, ran through Fishtown, took a right, and was instantly at the museum. Yeah, 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 right. Oh, it, went, it went from K&A to West Philly. Yeah, and, and you want to know something? You go on my site, and I did, I did that run at the start of a special that I did. Really? And I did the true, yeah, and I ran through the market. I did the true run along, <laughs> along, uh, along the river. I did, I did the true run. You want to see the true Rocky? And I went up the steps. On one take, I couldn't do the second take. I was going to say, you must have been on a breath by that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I must uh, quote Adam Ferrara, who's from Philly, too. He said, uh, Philadelphia is such a lovely town. He says, well, when I was a kid, uh, talking about making love to a girl, it was easy. He goes, don't worry, honey, there ain't no cars coming. <laughs> yeah, right. That was right. a sweetheart line. Well, that's that's Philadelphia. <laughs> then I was reading the sports section. And I saw all these. Oh, how about that John Rocker? What is his story? I mean, talk about he, he put down every minority group who ever lived, and he appealed this case because they fined him twenty thousand dollars. And do you see what he said in his appeal? He said, "I am not a bigot. I am a redneck." <laughs> that's like I am not anti-Semitic. I'm a Nazi. But anyway, I was reading, they threw another guy out of sports because of the use of steroids. And I thought, what a shame. It's got to be like a hundred guys and women we thrown out of sports because of steroids. We'll never see these great athletes perform. So I got a great idea. We should have a steroids Olympics. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be great? Now we're running the 440. Boom. Okay, next event. Then I saw something, another problem. I can't work this one out, though. I mean, the gun control thing. Except that one interesting thing. Do you know in 14 states of the United States, you can buy a gun with no problem whatsoever? But in those same 14 states, it's against the law to buy a vibrator? <laughs> well, I'd rather have a guy shove a gun in my back anyway, but... <laughs> Wouldn't you love to see a remake of Dirty Harry with Clint Eastwood? <laughs> feel lucky today, punk? feel <laughs> <laughs> And did you see the new, the new gun that the police have? They invented this gun. It doesn't shoot bolts, not even rubber bolts. It shoots a sound wave that gives the criminal diarrhea. <laughs> you watch. Some cop's going to write a book looking for number two. <laughs> well, in England, the cops are called bobbies. They don't carry guns. They don't, you know, and the, and the, the police and the criminals don't carry guns. No gun problem over in, in England. You know what the big problem is in England now? Because the water's gotten warmer. They have sharks showing up on the beaches of, the, of, of England, which is really scaring the hell out of the British, you know. Well, first of all, they never saw anything that had a full set of teeth in its mouth. <laughs> so the scientists, the scientists are trying to come up with some kind of anecdote to chase away the sharks. Meanwhile, they made an amazing discovery. In spite of all the movies we've seen, 
No shark, not even the great white, eats people. All a shark does is bite you and spit you out. Now, the scientists know this, but the scientists don't know why they spit you out. I know. When a shark bites you, you shit your pants. You know where they have... <laughs> You know, they have the most sharks in, in Australia, but that's not their problem. You know what the big problem is in Australia? Too many kangaroos, overpopulation of kangaroos. And the scientists there are trying to come up with some kind of contraceptive for the uh, kangaroos. And, uh, and, well, obviously it can't be condoms because their arms are too short. <laughs> be with you in a minute, honey. I'm... Boy, has that industry changed since I was a kid. Oh, man, when I was a kid growing up, they had like two different brands and it would be hidden on a little rack behind the druggist counter and you had to be very secretive about it and God forbid there was a woman shopping in a drugstore you had to come up with like a code system for the druggist like, hey, how you doing there, doc? <laughs> now you go to the store, there are aisles of condoms like Campbell's Soup Time and you could tell they appeal to the male ego just from the names they give them one of them was Magnums comes in three sizes Large, extra large, and traveling with a circus. <laughs> then they had one, it was a gel. You keep rubbing it on, and it turns into a condom. I thought, hey, you keep rubbing on, you don't need a woman. <laughs> and they had camouflage condoms. Now, I don't know about other men, but you know, when I'm hunting in the woods, and I see a beautiful woman, I don't want to give away my position. And there was one man there, I swear to you, bless him, he had to be like 94 years old, buying condoms. I thought, oh my God, he not only bought Trojans, he probably fought with them. Mr. David Brenner, who's been around forever. You know, and back in forever, back in the caveman days, there's very little radio. So you're lucky I'm still here. Well, actually, you, you, were, you never did say how old you were for up to what, Howard Stern show, right? You never did really. Yeah, I know. I never divulged it. But, you know, the, the story on that is very simple. I was the, the number one entertainer on college campuses back in the uh, 70s. And a rumor started going around that I was uh, uh, over 30 years old. Even though I was new in the business. So right away, I said, so what's the difference? I am. They said, no, no, you can't be over 30. The, the college kids, you know, the old Abby Hoffman, you don't trust anyone over 30. Right. You got to drop your age. So I dropped it like a jerk. Instead of dropping it like 10 years where I would do the math real fast, I wanted it to be different. I dropped it nine years. <laughs> so every time, every time someone asked me a question, I had to do calculation. And the pause alone was like made for suspicion. Right. I could see. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right. Well, despite your age, yes. you, you have a lovely... Uh, by the way, are you... Uh, Ty Babylonia is here, too. Welcome to the program, yes. by the way. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me. Are you two still engaged or did you get married yet? Well, what happened is we, we had a little uh, reprieve. We took a little break from each other for a short period of time, uh -huh. and now we're reunited, and we're getting back on track to see if we can go all the way. 
Go the distance. So you want to be officially be a cradle robber? Is that what you're saying, David? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Wow. I, look, I have. <laughs> I have. Who has more experience of, at ro- robbing cradles than I do? <laughs> yes. I deserve that. To, to, to take it all the all the way. Now we're going to talk about some of your experiences, and there's still been so many of them from the Tonight in cradle, Show and cradle robbing. And cradle robbing, right? <laughs> Well, I, I, well, that was a nice way to not to ask you how old you are, Ty. So you know, I'm 50. I just turned 50. He's still a cradle. <laughs> no. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if, if Eleanor Roosevelt were alive, God bless her, that would be a cradle. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> David Brenner is our co-host this morning, and we will need you to pick out a uh, comedian for us. Would you please? Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to try and stomp you, like stomp the band. Okay, fine. Okay. Uh, how about Brother Theodore? Brother Theodore. Do we have that? Too? Brother Theodore. Steve? No, we don't have Brother Theodore. See no. that? Whoa. That's a point. Oh, wow. All right. Now, now I'll give you another one. This could be a long show if you're going to do this. All right. All right. I'll give you someone you, I hope you have, okay? Right, that yeah. I hope you have because I never met him. I never saw him work. He's no longer with us. He died young, and he's brilliant. Maybe the most brilliant young comedian to come on the scene in the last 25 years. Mitch Hedberg. All right. <laughs> All right, there's one. Here's two. Okay. Thank you very much. David Brenner is our co-host this morning, and Ty Babylonia, his uh, sweetheart, currently, is Aww. with us in the studio as well. You're, you're a great uh, athlete, by the way. Did you, did I uh, get off you. to David for a second and ask you, do you okay. still keep Absolutely. in shape? I mean, do, uh, First she has to get I, off of me, and then you can, then <laughs> you can talk to her. Do I stay in shape? Yes, yeah. I do. I, I still skate a little. You no. know, if the if the... Event or gig is interesting and the money's right. I'll really? put the skates on. I've, oh. I've, I've retired at least 12 times. <laughs> and I know now not to say that word ever again because I always get caught. Right. So, yeah, I still, I still skate and I do Pilates. Wow. Oh, David, how many And times? I feel good. I love being 50. I love it. Yeah, I, I, re- I remember that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> David, do you, how many times have you, re- have you retired? <laughs> I, you know what? <laughs> what? I'm at a stage now where if I did, I don't remember. Yeah, right. But but the truth of the matter is I've never retired. I just passed. Last year was my uh, 40th year. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if I get a plug in here, anybody who missed my tour, uh, which was Leave Them Laughing to celebrate my 40 years, uh, the debut show I did in my hometown of Philly is on iTunes. So they could pick that up. Cool. All right, go ahead. What's going on here? Hold on. We can edit this out. Hello. <laughs> don't edit it out. This is real life. Oh, this is <laughs> this is reality radio. Unbelievable. You know what that was? This is reality radio. You better keep that in there. You're starting a whole new thing. Okay, I will. But uh, that was yeah. a, a robot call from CVS saying a prescription is ready. <laughs> what's oh, a real what's the prescription oh, for? Speaking of what's old, the prescription no, for? It's uh, Janet's prescription. I don't know. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they call, yeah, isn't that frightening? You get that call, <laughs> and, 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 and they mention what's ready. And, and if you have the phone turned up, everyone in the room knows you're, you're taking that? <laughs> yeah, well, you know. So we can leave that in because this is reality radio. But, yeah, it's reality so, radio. So it's a whole new form. I was reading your, one of your bios said, you grew up in a poor area of Philly. Well, I lived in Philly for four years, and I got to thinking where that would be. And there's a hell of a lot of poor areas in Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? You know, Which probably had the only <laughs> the only property that wasn't. Yeah. No, I started out. I started out. You know, Philadelphia and South Philadelphia, Fourth and Dickerson. Right. And then I spent most of my childhood and teens and early twenties in West Philadelphia, around 60th and Market. 
Wow. And 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 I was unique because I had something that none of the over what 150,000 people had and that was a white face. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only white guy in the neighborhood which made it I was privileged. Some of them thought I was a god. Others thought I should be chased. It was a, it ran the gamut. Well, let's take a talk about growing up. You had a bar mitzvah, right? No, I didn't. I you didn't. didn't. Yeah, I didn't. No, and I'm a, I'm a I'm a traditionalist Jew. I you know I believe in the survival of all people, except the people who bomb people. Yeah. I believe in their survival, and and um, and so I'm I'm really uh, that way. I'm I'm a good Jew. I never caught the religious thing, though. I come from a rabbinical family, which is really strange. So you had, really, did you ever yeah. want a bar mitzvah? Did you feel left? No, out? I never did. I really? couldn't. I just felt like a hypocrite if I got up there and spoke and spoke and didn't believe in it. I'd, I'd be hypocritical, and I didn't want to be a hypocrite. Uh, it reminds me of a story Lewis Black told me. Lewis Black was got a call from Norman Lear, and he was told that Norman Lear had left a message. He went, oh, my God, finally a TV series. And he called him, and Norman Lear asked Lewis to do his son's bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> really? <That's great>. Yes. <laughs> and I think he oh. did it, too. <laughs> oh, jeez, what, what an opportunity. Yeah, right. No, 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 I'm not political. I don't get political. That's why I never even got involved in the Clinton scandal. What are you, kidding well, first of all, do you think he's the only president who ever cheated on his wife? Come on, did you see the other day they had that uh, special on television, Jefferson? He used to go back to Monticello, you know, to stoop this, uh, this, uh, this uh, slave woman he had in his, in his Monticello home? I mean, flip over a nickel, you can see him doing it in one of the windows. <laughs> Everybody, President Harding got caught by his wife in the overalls, he was in the closet in the overalls doing it, right there, stooping someone. And Wilson, Wilson was like a, a serial stupper. <laughs> Every president, FDR, he had naked women on his chair doing wheelies through the White House. <laughs> spin, Franklin, spin. <laughs> Please, everybody. The only thing that bothered me about Clinton was his choice of women. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. Paula Jones, Paula Jones. I mean, think about it. The best the governor of the state could do was Paula Jones. What was the busboy from IHOP taking home at night? <laughs> Politics is so annoying. You know what the most annoying part of it is for me? The political convention. Did you ever watch a political convention? You ever sit at home and watch it on television? Did you ever look at the people who were there? Do you know anyone who looks like that? <laughs> Where do they find these Americans? I think they shake a state in every asshole that falls out. Right? They give him a straw hat. Here, act like a schmuck for a week. Yeah. We're talking to David Brenner this time around. You mm -hmm. had a Carlin story? Yeah. It's, you know, I, I knew George. Two, two stories. One, the way I met him, which is really interesting. When I did that last live Ed Sullivan show, I, the one thing I said is, remember I mentioned George Carlin was on. I said, I, listen, I told my manager, you got to introduce me to George Carlin because I'm such a fan of his. I want to just say hello. And we did the first show, and I sat in the audience. You know, there was rehearsal marking where you should stand. And I'm sitting right. there, and some guy comes and sits next to me. He's wearing old battered jeans, and he's got a cap, and he's got all facial hair, beard hanging, and he's all disheveled. And I'm making wisecracks, and he's laughing, and then he's making wisecracks, and I'm laughing. And we're there, and we're watching the yaks go by, the lion tamer, whatever else was going on. <laughs> and then he left, and then it came back to do the, the, you know, to go through the show. And I said to my manager, hey, I'm telling you, don't let me leave the building without meeting George Carlin. 
He said, you met George Carlin. I said, I didn't meet him. He said, you were sitting with him for about a half hour. That's <laughs> when George changed from the hippie, hippie weatherman to the, <laughs> right. hip, the hipster. Right, right. So that's the one. The other story is I was driving home um, and I, in, in Vegas, and I was past, passing the Orleans, and I see George is playing there. And I'd, I'd seen him just a few months before that. I'd seen him when he was at the Stardust before they tore it down. And I thought, gee, I ought to see George Sunday night, you know? And I'm driving, and I thought, no, I got the kids, and I, you know what? I'll catch him the next time. And of course, Sonny, right. that was that was right before he passed away, and I never did get a chance to see him one more time. Yeah, he was a great guy. He's a wordsmith. Fabulous. Uh, I've well, been, oh my God, uh, uh, I've been way told too much work. When he did a show, uh, the stagehands or the HBO production people, he would tell them what he's going to start out with and what the last line is. I mean, yeah, he, he, he was, was amazing. That precise, right? Yeah, and I was, I'm the opposite. I don't know how I'm going to start. I don't know what's in the middle. I don't know how I'm finished. And, and, and I, here's, even with Carson, he, give us your Al cue. Uh, my Al cue is thank you and good night. <laughs> I, I never knew what joke I was going to tell. Really? Uh, thank you and good night. Yeah. Now, who, yeah. you've been around a while. We all know that. But who was, who was the popular stand-up comics when you first got into the business? Well, it, it was Cosby and Pryor and Carlin. And uh, and the old timers, you know, uh, Rickles and and all the all, all those uh, Jackie Mason, all those guys who were uh, who were the classics, the last of the golden age. You know who I really liked, uh, who passed away unfortunately too, was Jackie Vernon. Remember him? Oh, Jackie Vernon was so funny with the clicking. Now this is me and my wife <laughs> and a gorilla in the background. Click. This is me <laughs> without the wife <laughs> and the gorilla running away in the background <laughs> with my wife. <laughs> yeah, he was he was hysterical. Yeah, he was, he was on, on my very first interview in radio was with him, and he said uh, that he went to the beach in the wintertime because there was less competition. He goes. He would. <laughs> he, he would just drag his toe through the sand and mumble something like, "I must have lost my Congressional Medal of Honor here somewhere." You know, yeah, right, so the right, girls right. could hear him. He was very dry. He was excellent. Oh, well. very dry. Yeah, I did shows with him. He was a nice guy. Now you did uh, Johnny Carson at what 150 sometimes. 158. Yeah. Wow. That was yeah. the yeah. That was the record. Yeah. Now did things. I did, you know what? Yeah. Go ahead. What? I was just going to say, I ran into the uh, archivist for um, the Mike Douglas show, and he said to me, you know, you're always uh, talking, they're always talking about you doing the most Tonight shows and the, and the most talk shows, on, but they never mention, and he said, I'm digging these things out because I'm, uh, I'm doing a compilation. He said, you did more Mike Douglas shows than any other uh, person. Really? And I, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> You're on TV a and what, lot. And what do you do? And what, yeah, and what do you do with it? I mean, yeah, I did it. That's wonderful. Let me tell you how it works, Sonny. Let's say instead of you being 2,600 miles away from me at this moment, which uh -huh. is very disconcerting, but we'll discuss it another time. <laughs> let's say we were together in the same in the same environment, same right. place at the same time, and you brought up the fact that I, all this TV that I did, and I said, yeah, and then I said, come on, let's go out. Come on, I'll buy you breakfast. And we went out, and I bought you breakfast, and then I go up after breakfast. I got the check. I got it, Sonny, and I pick up the check, and I go to the cashier, and I say, do you know that I did more Mike Douglas's, more Johnny Carson's than any entertainer? I was on more talk shows as a guest than anyone in the history of show business. She would say that's $28.17. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the importance of records. That's right. Well, you actually you were co you co-hosted, or rather, you filled in for Johnny, didn't you? Didn't you host? Yeah, yes, yes, yeah, seventy-five times. See, I made a mistake. Seventy-five. I I did it. I did that show. If you add it up, I did the show. Like it, it would be eight, eight, eight months 
of, of weeks, eight months worth of weeks, right? Uh-huh. So I should have quit after seven months and gotten $35 million in severance pay, <laughs> like Conan did. <laughs> yeah, right. I blew it by hanging in 30 more days than Conan. Well, you were very good at it. Doing the Tonight Show all those times and being uh, yeah. Johnny's replacement when he was on vacation mm-hmm. a lot of times. Well, let me ask you, did you enjoy interviewing people? Were you uncomfortable then or comfortable? I loved it. Really? I was in training to uh, have my own talk show. That's what I thought I would end up doing, which I had for a year. Uh, but I really thought that that was my forte. And that's, uh, you know, it amazes me because, you know, when I, you mentioned long, uh, a while ago on the show that I was uh, looking for uh, going through old tapes to put together uh, my uh, tour, my 40th year tour last year. Right. And I noticed something. I don't like watching myself and I never watch myself on television. A little bit with Carson, you know, and, but no one else. Because I, I see all the mistakes. Anyway, so I'm screening all these things. I'm screening Douglas when I co-hosted, Carson when I hosted, my own show when I hosted it. And I noticed something very interesting that I feel is, is I really pat myself on the back. I didn't have any, the only card I had on the desk was the plug for the guest. I didn't have a card with the questions where I stuck to the questions and went to the questions, went to the card, looked right. at the card, like you see on talk shows today. And I think that was, uh, I, 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 I'm proud of, of doing that. Yeah, I, I I appreciate the the uh, the art of interviewing people. I've been doing it for about ten years now. And You're good, Sonny. Sonny, the thing is, you know, you didn't do a pre-interview with me, and I don't give them anyway. You didn't, you know, you sit there and you get involved in a conversation, and you ask two things. You and, and this is what I, I strove to do, and and what you you or striven to do. What you do is you ask the question you're curious about, and you ask the question that you think your listeners are curious about, and that's the art form that you are excellent at doing. Well, thank you very much. But also, there's a third thing there. I try to notice what makes the uh, the person I'm interviewing their eyes light up. What interests mm-hmm. them, you know? Because what interests right. them sometimes has nothing to do with what they do for a living. Right. And and another thing is that you ask a follow-up question. You know, sometimes like on, on, on Merv Griffin, and bless him, he was such a sweetheart. But, you know, you'd say something like, and then at the end of the day, you won't believe it. I sprained my ankle. It's the worst sprain I ever had. And he'll say, where do you get your clothes? <laughs> what about my ankle? Aren't you interested? Like, to follow that up? You know, you could say, I slept with a rabbit last night. They go right on. Oh, you're from Philadelphia. Really? Thank you, David, Thanks, for all the, uh, the many, many laughs over the years. Thanks, Sonny. Great Thank talking you, with Sonny. you. Thank you, Sonny. David Brenner, who passed away last week after a very long, colorful, and very funny career. We hope you enjoyed that. And, of course, if you like the uh, Fox cast, just tell your friends. It's sunnyfox.podbean, that's B-E-A-N, sunnyfox.podbean.com. And all the other shows from the past weeks are there as well. We'll have another one next week. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening.